This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Welcome in, everybody, and uh, greetings from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, where the Pelicans tonight will wrap up their pre-All-Star break schedule uh, against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Hi again, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly, and uh, it has been an emotional time, obviously, for all those around, obviously, the New Orleans Pelicans family and the Oklahoma City Thunder family and USA Basketball in San Antonio and Portland and everybody else, as uh, many are aware, and now... Uh, mourning alongside with us the loss of Mrs. Ingrid Williams who passed away yesterday due to injuries suffered in a car accident on Tuesday here in the Oklahoma City area. Uh, we found this news out, obviously, the, the tragedy of the news, the, um, the heaviness of the news uh, before last night's ball game, a win for the Pelicans over the Utah Jazz. And uh, since then, uh, this has been a tough time around this basketball team. And I'm certainly grateful that you're willing to share some time with us today as we talk about that and other things surrounding the Pelicans and the Saints, too, on this Thursday. So uh, hello from my hotel room as we bring you the Black and Blue Report podcast today. And, um, and certainly today uh, is, is a mixed conversation. Uh, a bit later, we're going to talk about the, the excitement at the start of a, uh, another football offseason for the New Orleans Saints. And we're pleased to have Christian Garrick from WWL radio with us to do that today uh and also um brian davis the television voice of the oklahoma city thunder whom we had scheduled to be with us here on this thursday to preview tonight's basketball game but now today is more a conversation about um coach monty williams and and the loss of his wife ingrid and their great love story and now these uh, five children who have also lost their mother tragically in the uh, in the last uh, 24 to 48 hours so um, with that being said, uh, the conversation that we thought we were going to have with Brian Davis is, is much different today, uh, and I think it gives us more perspective about um, what will transpire tonight. We're going to talk with Brian about the uniqueness of the situation, too, um, with regard to the Pelicans and the Thunder, ironically, uh, meeting today for a basketball game. Um, gosh, it would be a, a, a story in itself uh, if the Pelicans were meeting anybody on this Thursday or if Oklahoma City was meeting anyone else on this Thursday but um, here in this um, almost unexplainable way the Pelicans and the Thunder come together tonight here in Oklahoma City in a city for me and for others uh, post Katrina that was a special place a safe haven for a short time uh, you know obviously with the New Orleans basketball franchise the Hornets at the time and and so here now again Oklahoma City and, and New Orleans are tied together uh, in a very human story. And this time it's around a man and, and his wife and their family, um, unlike in 2005 where it was you know, a city and its people and its culture and the growth of this market as well as a result of playing host. Uh, you know, all those things uh, play into what, what seemingly is a never-ending story between these two cities, good, bad, or, or otherwise, um, and I can't say that any of us have really come to uh, a succinct uh, thought process or a way to handle this in any way 
Um, so today we'll ask that you kind of bear with us a little bit, and we'll ask the same tonight when we broadcast this basketball game uh, between the Pelicans and the Thunder. I don't want to to lose the loss that we have in Ingrid Williams today or at this time with the fact that most of our relationships are tied to Coach Williams more than anything else. But those of us close enough to Coach Williams um, also know Ingrid and, and what she meant to him, and the example that she set in her life as a Christian woman and fantastic mother and the legacy that she herself will leave behind uh, in a standalone way. And so uh, please don't think that we've lost sight of that uh, in, in our process, in our making our way through the hours here of this day and the days to come. Um, this is going to have a tremendous impact, especially on the young men that Coach Williams and his wife impacted, uh, Anthony Davis, all the members of last year's team, prior teams, and his current team, too, uh, here in Oklahoma City. And um, in no way do we desire to be disrespectful. If we are in some way that you find it to be that way, we'll apologize up front, and uh, we'll hope to, uh, to honor the situation in, in, in a way that we can do in, in this space. And so with that being said, um, today we'll have conversations like we do on this uh, podcast and that's my favorite part of doing uh, the Black and Blue Report is simply having conversations with people that we think are knowledgeable and insightful and, 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 and we have something to gain from. And uh, we're certainly going to do that today, um, both with the football side, you know, because that's a part of who we are, and then also on this basketball side and in a much more close and painful way uh, with Brian Davis. So... We'll take a break. I hope that you'll stay with us, and, and I hope that you'll be using um, your positive energy and the power of prayer and channeling of your faith to uh, help all of us, and that includes you, uh, understand why these things happen. Uh, and maybe we never do, but at least uh, know that we have something uh, um, in our God that um, gives us uh, um, a way to to put our arms around something, even if it's just each other at this point. So we'll take our first time out. We'll start our conversation with Brian Davis, and then we'll continue with a Christian Garrick before we uh, take a break on this Thursday and then get ready for the matter at hand tonight between these two basketball teams. Stay with us. Join your New Orleans Pelicans on Thursday, February 25th at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center when your Pelicans tip off against All-Stars Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Pelicans Fest starts at 5.30 with music, interactive games, and appearances by Pierre and the Pelicans Dance Team. Limited tickets are still available, so don't miss out on any of the action. And call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. You owe it to yourself and your home to call Terminix. I'm Vincent Palumbo. Whether you need a lifetime termite damage guarantee or hassle-free pest control service, we do it all. And I'm Ed Martin, Terminix entomologist. We have developed a convenient pest control system where we're scheduled in your home only twice a year. We attack bugs outside where they live. Call 834-7330 for guaranteed control of any pests or termites. Terminix does it all. 
How much do you want to lose this year? Five, 10, 15 pounds? It's time to set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with one of 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20 ounce serving, and see how much you can lose. With flavors like pineapple, mango, almond, mocha, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goals. Take the Change a Meal Challenge only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Weight loss is based on a low calorie diet and exercise program. Consult your physician before beginning any diet program. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Welcome back to our Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. You know, in, under normal circumstances, we're, we're looking forward to a basketball game tonight here in Oklahoma City between the Pelicans and the Thunder. And, uh, and, and certainly we're uh, very pleased to have Brian Davis, the television voice of the Thunder, with us here on the Black and Blue Report uh, in a normal situation to preview what we think will be a fun game prior to the All-Star break on national TV tonight. And, of course, with coverage in both of the, the cities uh, that have a, uh, you know, an unbreakable tie. Uh, but here we are uh, today on this Thursday remembering Ingrid Williams and, um, and also trying to lift up in some way uh, Monty Williams and all of his children and extended family. So, Brian, with that, I say good morning to you in kind of a strange way. Good morning only in that it is a phrase. And uh, yeah. here we are to visit under much different circumstances than perhaps we had planned. I think we're all still a little bit numb, Sean. Um, you obviously developed a very close relationship with Monty. You got to know Ingrid and the kids over their five years uh, when Monty was coaching the Pelicans. Um, I've had a chance to get to know Monty a little bit. Uh, from his time in Portland and then through his time with the Pelicans and, and now, of course, here in Oklahoma City. And this is just stunning news. I mean, really, in the end, what it comes down to is you grieve for all of them. You grieve for Ingrid. You grieve for Monty and the kids. Um, and this comes as a really tough reminder that um, – we're just living in the sandbox, you know, and beyond what we do from night to night on game night, or, you know, the practice facility or whatever, whatever we're doing in basketball, we're just playing in the sandbox and that there are much bigger things in the world. And certainly this is a terrible reminder that tomorrow simply is not promised. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I certainly don't want to think that nobody else has ever gone through anything like this before. Uh, that would be disrespectful, to say the least. Uh, this just has a particular impact to it. And, Brian, uh, you know, you and I have been doing this long enough that we've, we've been through a few situations that are uh, real life and uh, more important than the games that you and I are employed to broadcast. Um, so we've dealt with certain situations with, with teams or groups of people uh, in tragedies before. But, Brian, I don't know about you, but I, I can't ever think of a time where uh, both teams uh, and most everyone in the building will have some kind of an emotion tonight or uh, a personal impact alongside the Williams family as what we'll see at Chesapeake Energy Arena this evening. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a cruel irony in that. And I, I go back, for instance, to um, the, the story that came out after Ryan Anderson's girlfriend died and the role that Monty and Ingrid played in bringing Ryan back to, to health and to sanity. Um, I go to, uh, in fact, our executive team this morning shared with us an article out of the Times Picayune that, that Jimmy Smith wrote in, for Father's Day in 2013. And it was all about Monty and his kids and the family. And it was a wonderful snapshot of how things are. I think about things like 
uh, the relationship that Monty has built with Kevin Durant. And, of course, it's not just uh, the Thunder and the Pelicans organizations. USA Basketball is involved in this bit of mourning as well because of Monty's role as an assistant coach on that team. And I think about the relationship that Monty has built over the years with Kevin Durant. And I remember Monty talking a couple of years ago after the Olympics about how they had a chance to spend some time in London, the two of them. They're both Prince George's County guys from Maryland suburbs suburbs of Washington, D.C., and how they had bonded not only uh, over basketball but over life. And the the one thing that I kind of come away with, kind of hanging on to right now, Sean, is how special a man Monty Williams is. And I know that that filters down through his family and all the people really that he touches in his life. He is a man of uncommon strength, uncommon character. You know what a spiritual man he is. He's just, he's a different sort of cat. And, uh, and, and you just sort of, you just bleed for him. You, you kind of figure in the end, knowing a little bit about him, that he's ultimately going to come out of this thing all right, you know. But, but you know, because life does go on. But at the same time, you know, I go back to the whole thing about being numb because your mind runs in all these places that I've just touched on, and there's way more than that, well beyond what we've talked about. And, and you just literally, tonight, for a lot of us in both our organizations, it's just going to be about getting through the day. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and getting through the day means playing a basketball game. And uh, knowing Monty Williams, uh, as both of us do, uh, and Ingrid, obviously, who's you know obviously the focus of our you know morning. Uh, look, for us to not go about our day uh, as we should and focus on the task at hand uh, would be uh, something that he would probably get on our butts about. Um, right. So with that being said, <laughs> That's true. yes, yes. Um, so with that being said, I, I, I can't help but ask, but what do you think uh, this? this reality has upon the way these two teams go about their business at hand tonight uh, here in downtown Oklahoma City? I think it's it, you, you can't help but know that it's going to be running strongly in the background. But when the ball goes up, then then it's, it is basketball. And Monty is one of these guys. I actually think I've heard him talk about this. I know I've heard Kevin Durant talk about this. Basketball sometimes is a way for you to lose yourself. And Kevin likens it to losing himself in music, as people do. And you can lose yourself in the moment. And once these teams start to play tonight, it will be about basketball. You kind of forget. Ironically, Sean, just last week, we lost a key member of our television crew on Fox Sports Oklahoma. Our lead audio engineer passed away suddenly. And we found out about it last Monday when we got to the arena for our game. And that's exactly the experience that, that we had. Once the ball went up, we were just calling a basketball game. We were just doing TV. And I suspect because these guys uh, possess great strength of character, coaches and players alike, I think that just the way that we're wired, once we get past tip-off, then I think it will be for those couple of hours, it'll be about a basketball game. I think that we'll have plenty of time, as you said, after the ball goes up to uh, do what we do, and that's overanalyze and tell stories and, <laughs> and then also appreciate that we don't really know what's going to happen when these two teams play tonight. Um, so maybe maybe that's our visit today. 
the sharing of the two franchises experience with this and then also the uh, table setting that goes on with the rest of the day. Yeah, it's going to be uncommon. It will be uncommon. You and I, for as much as we've experienced in other ways, both personally and professionally, I know that this will be um, a, 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 a first and, and please God, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And, you know, if, if you kind of look at this as a study of human character, which is part of what we do for a living, it will be a very, very interesting evening. I guarantee it will be a very, very emotional night at Chesapeake Arena. Can I just can I just be weird for a second and, yeah. and say, Brian, uh, what is it about New Orleans and Oklahoma City and these shared experiences, um, whether it be 2005 <laughs> and forward or even here today in the, in the sharing of, you know, the blessing that we've had in the Williams family for both of us? Um, in some ways, it makes sense that these two teams are seeing each other today. You know, um I know people here. I know people in life, and I know you do too. Thought about this last night. They would take a look at this whole situation, and they would go, it's a God thing. You know, whatever whatever your spiritual grounding is, whatever your faith is, it just leaves you with a sense that there are forces greater than anything that we can control at play here. Don't you think? Yeah, uh, you have to, because otherwise it's completely unexplainable at this point. Ryan Davis, all the best to you and your family with the Oklahoma City Thunder today, and uh, we'll look forward to visiting again tonight. Yeah, Sean, thanks for having me on. Very tough day. Blessings to you guys, okay? Yeah, thank you. I know, tough circumstances, and I, I appreciate you very much. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll continue on this Thursday, as we do in just a moment. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy text alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Trust isn't something that's easily built over video screens or with long-distance calls. That's why at Whitney Bank, we make it a priority to be here for you with more local branches offering face-to-face service. Whitney customers leave with more than a transaction receipt in hand. We listen to your goals and have what it takes to help you achieve them. Drop by today and ask about our new relationship checking packages with built-in personal identity security features. Whitney Bank, here today, here when you need us, here to build a future with you. Join your New Orleans Pelicans on Thursday, February 25th at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center when your Pelicans tip off against All-Stars Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Pelicans Fest starts at 5.30 with music, interactive games, and appearances by Pierre and the Pelicans Dance Team. Limited tickets are still available, so don't miss out on any of the action. And call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We've got a lot to cover on this Thursday. And uh, football is in the conversation as well. The Saints offseason is really starting to heat up. And while the team itself has not confirmed anything, uh, as we wouldn't expect them to at this point, there's plenty that we're hearing about. And also plenty of things to look forward to in the coming weeks and months. And to help us do that, 
is Christian Garrick. He is, of course, one of the hosts of Double Coverage on WWL AM and FM Radio, also the sideline reporter on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. He's kind enough to join us here this morning and help us get our arms around a lot of what we're hearing. And Christian, first of all, good morning. Um, second of all, you know, as expected, we're not going to hear any confirmation from the Saints themselves on some of the things that we're going to talk about. But help us understand what you're hearing at this point about the start of the Saints offseason. What is it What is it that it's important to listen to and follow? And, and, and what does that mean here in the coming weeks and months? I know I just gave you like a a big question, probably with a thirty-minute answer, but maybe you can you can help us by breaking some of this apart. Yeah, we'll we'll whittle it down. First off, good morning. Always a pleasure to be on uh, with you, Sean. Um, and all right, so let's start with just this week. What we what we know that this, the team has done, even though there hasn't been official confirmation, just uh, things that we've been able to put together, uh, folks in the media and, and and guys and gals that cover the team regularly. Um, they said goodbye to uh, Jari Evans, waving him, cutting him. Uh, you know, 2006 fourth round draft pick out of Bloomsburg College. Uh, you know, six time Pro Bowl selection uh, at the at the right guard. Um, you know, we kind of saw this writing on the wall coming last year when they signed him to an extension. A lot like the year before, you saw it happen with Pierre Thomas. Um, the way this this NFL works these days, I mean, it's a it's a brutal business. Jari Evans wasn't the player that he was, you know, a handful, of, you know, two, three years ago. But there was a stretch there from, you know, 07, 08, 09, you know, maybe through 11 and 12, where he was the best guard in football, uh, the best guard in football. So, uh, and he's maybe one of the, you know, all time uh, great Saints. I mean, I think he's in that conversation behind Willie Rope. He's probably the best lineman the Saints have ever had. Uh, but they waved goodbye to him uh, this week, bring up some salary cap. Um, you know, space. You still got some dead money there as well, so you're continuing to pile that on uh, for this season. And then David Hawthorne, Ramon Humber also being released this week. Uh, not really a surprise when you consider the savings that David Hawthorne and Ramon Humber were going to provide the team. Um, and overall, if you look at their contributions to the team, it just made a lot of sense. I, I felt like David Hawthorne was going to be a player that that was going to be on that bubble anyway because he, they, they virtually saved, I think, $1.9 million of his salary. And then Ramon Humber, uh, while be it, you know, he's a core special teams player and actually a special teams captain. Uh, I just think that, you know, they had to make a couple of those moves in order to get um, a guy like uh, Danell Ellaby to restructure his contract, which I really like this deal. I know there might be fans out there that say, Oh, Danell Ellaby, you know, he's he's always hurt, and he is. He's, it's true. It's, he's been hurt for the last two years. He's played in seven ball games between Miami and New Orleans. But the impact that he has on the Saints, Saints defense when he's healthy is pretty interesting to watch. So I think that for the price tag the Saints got him, as I understand it, uh, it's basically a one-year deal of $1.8 million. Now think about that. He was supposed to make about $5.2 million this season. So the Saints saved themselves quite a bit of cash there. And I like the idea that if they can keep him healthy, if he plays in 14 or 15 games, and you get a weak side linebacker that can give you, you know, 100 tackles, 90 to 100 tackles, you couple that with Stephon Anthony in the middle, and if he's got, you know, 100 tackles, 120 tackles in the middle, you're getting it done. You're going to have a pretty good, uh, pretty good defense. And of course, the number one factor to watch for me, you know, it's obviously when do they restructure Drew Brees? Uh, March 9th is the start of the league year. Uh, it's got to be done by then, pretty much. Um, so I, I think that that's a bit of a soft deadline 
And I think it's going to get done. They'll free up a whole bunch of money. Right now you have a player that's taking up, and Drew Brees, a third of your salary cap uh, as it stands right now because of the dead money, et cetera, that you have elsewhere. You, you have to restructure him. You, you, you're almost forced to do it, even if you didn't want to. Uh, but I, I think that the Saints obviously want to. He, you know, Drew Brees has got, I think, four or five years left uh, playing, uh, three or four of them playing at a very high uh, peak efficiency level. And uh, I think that gets done, and then that alleviates some of their salary cap uh, issues. Now, and look, this is the last year they're going to kind of be in salary cap purgatory, uh, if you will. Christian, let's go back. First of all, Jari Evans, you're dead on on that. Uh, and in a lot of ways, as you and I both know from dealing with him uh, in the locker room off the field, what a gentleman. And, and yes, uh, ring of honor someday, that kind of a status for this organization. Let's go back to the, what you said about March 9th, though, because I think that a lot of fans are going to look at the last go-round with Drew Brees, um, and, it, and it wasn't a speedy process, and it shouldn't have been. It was a big deal. Um, but maybe some fans don't understand the significance of why they've got to get this thing straightened out with Drew, uh, extension and otherwise, uh, prior to March 9th. What's the significance of that? Yeah, that's the start of the league year, and every team has to be under the salary cap by March 9th. And then, you know, so that kind of hastens the, the deadline. I mean, before, back in 2012, they didn't, you know, they could kind of operate under the, you know, I think it was the mid-July, July 22nd, had they not reached a deal, they would have had to play under the franchise tag tender. So be, both sides then were kind of just playing, uh, they were playing possum or, or playing chicken, if you will, you know, back and forth. Uh, but this one, everybody knows what the Saints are operating uh, with, and uh, that includes Tom Condon and Drew Brees. Uh, Tom Condon, the representation for Drew Brees. So there's no, there's not going to be as much gamesmanship. You kind of have an idea as to, look, Tom Condon and Drew Brees know that the Saints need this money and are going to be willing to to make it make a deal, um, and they have to make the deal by March 9th to get under the salary cap in order to also. I think that Sean, if they get the deal done for Brees, I think that they can be a bit of a mid-level player in free agency. You follow me? I mean, I think they can go out and, and add a couple of pieces that maybe uh, people thought they would not be able to add. How gun-shy do you think the Saints are right now with free agency after some misses here in recent memory? <laughs> well, they look, they've missed, um, as you pointed out, in the secondary. I mean, between Browner, uh, look, by and large, I think Jarris Bird uh, has been a miss. Uh, they had some others, but I, I don't know though. I, I've been around, you know, and covered Sean and, and Mickey Loomis uh, for a few a few years now, and they're one of the things that I is their greatest strength is their willingness to admit a mistake and move on from it. Like they don't hold on to it and try to justify it, and just like they admitted it with Browner and his other players, like, hey, that was a bad idea. All right, move, we're moving on. See you later. And I think they're just going to say, hey, look, you know, got to go out there and do it again, uh, gotta, but got to do it better. Um, and they're not trying to repeat the mistakes, but I don't think it'll hold them back too much uh, aside from maybe a closer evaluation. Dead money is always an interesting conversation with fans and, and some members of the media too, Christian. Um, first of all, maybe an explanation of exactly what dead money is. And then the other thing is this, uh, Christian, is that – you know, it, it's kind of hammered home, and maybe this is justifiable, and that's why I'm asking you this question, you know, that the Saints carry maybe the most dead money right now into this season and next upcoming. Uh, but when we sometimes when we talk about, like like in football, when we'll say, 
you know, so-and-so is the, is the top-ranked or the 10th-ranked offense. Well, the difference between the 10th-ranked offense and the 11th-ranked offense may be a matter of yards or even a point uh, when you right. rank the 30-some teams. Um, so when we're talking about dead money, are, are the Saints in a situation that's so far off the charts that it's, 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 uh, it's lopsided when you compare it to other teams? Or are other teams going through the same thing and, and the Saints just have a little bit more? than everybody else how, how do you I would see put it? it in the uh a little bit more than everybody else there are you know there's usually like a handful of teams every year sean that are just right at that you know they have an inordinate amount of dead money more so than any other clubs and then there's other clubs that have an extreme sur- surplus but you know i don't think i agreed with mickey loomis that the dead money salary cap situation is not as dire as maybe people are making it out to be and here's why first off um because they're going to restructure, if they get that restructure done with Drew Brees, they, they free up quite a bit of money right there. Um, but dead money, just for the, the listener, it's basically if the salary cap year this year is set at $155 million, the Saints have roughly $25 million in dead money. So you subtract 25 from 125 or, you know, from 150, uh, you're basically, you only have $125 million to operate under basically, um, mm-hmm. and it goes against your cap that you can't use to sign players. So while everybody else might be working with $150 in theory, $150 million in theory, you're working at a deficit of 125 Um But there are a handful of teams that are, you know, kind of similar. The Saints are the leaders in the clubhouse in that regard, but that comes from, you know, a lot of that is brought on by the likes of the Junior Gullet comment, uh, contracts and a couple other mistakes here. But like I said, it's not something that they can't fix. Uh, look, if you watch the way, and it's already started, but if you watch the way Mickey Loomis kind of manipulated some money last year, uh, nobody thought they were going to go out and be able to now forget the success of it on uh, Brent Browner and, and C.J. Spiller. Nobody thought they were even going to be able to be in a market to get up those two players. You know, um, and he still created enough room uh, to do that, and I think they're going to try to operate on a, on, on a similar kind of premise this year you know this organization well they feel like they always have an opportunity to go out and win that year now whether that's true or not we can debate uh but they always try to feel like they can they can win a championship you know with a player or two here or there and and they operate very aggressively and i expect them to remain that way yeah and i appreciate that mindset too uh as a fan christian garrick's with us here on the black and blue report Hey, Christian, let's use the analogy uh, of running your household, much like running this football team, okay? So, obviously, uh, if what you said about Danella Ellerby is, is, is accurate um, and that they're getting what we think is a high-value player or a better-value player for the times that he is on the field for, a, I wouldn't say a bargain basement price, but, but a good price. Look, just like buying a car or a major appliance, all of us are trying to find the best thing we can at the lowest price possible, and that takes research and work and maybe even sometimes a little bit of luck. So if we're going to use that analogy, um, Christian, where where can the Saints find their most value, i.e. a Danelle Ellerby, and, and where, if you were running this household, what would maybe you save up for, maybe spend a little more money than you normally would uh, on something for this football team, i.e. your house? Does that make sense? Yeah, um, look, you, every house needs some gardening, right? I mean, it, you want you want the landscape to look nice when when visitors pull up down the walkway, uh, down the driveway. Uh, to me, though, I think you know, getting a player 
that's experienced along the defensive line. Another pass rusher that is experienced, because I don't know that the Saints necessarily want a um, an, a young player or a draft pick to come from that area. You know, they, they, an experienced player could come out there, a veteran, and compliment uh, Cameron Jordan pretty well, which, by the way, People didn't realize how good of a year. I think that was something that, <clears throat> excuse me, went unnoticed. Mm-hmm. How good of a year Cameron Jordan had. Um, he had ten sacks, and that was without um, you know anybody else to really compliment him uh, on the other side. And made the Pro Bowl and led the league in pressures. So I think if you get another guy opposite of him that can that can take some focus off of uh, him, he'll be an effective pass rusher, and then therefore making that that pass rusher that they would get um, pretty pretty interesting to watch as well. So if, if you asked me, you know, the number one upgrade I wanted to make to my house, it would be uh, it would be the, you know, an exterior um, defensive player, an edge rusher. And then, you know, I think that there's, uh, on the offensive side of football, I think you got to get Drew Brees another tight end back, a bigger tight end. Uh, I think that, that 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 was missing in this offense, albeit Drew Brees made it work with Ben Watson and others. I just think that that's an element – to this offense that's lacking, uh, that big threat down in the red zone, that was a mismatch. Whether that comes at wide receiver or tight end, I'm kind of fine with, but I just think that that big element has to come back. Hey, two more questions for you. Let me ask you this. Um, I think all of us, and we felt this way also from the head coach and many of the players, that this is not the conversation everybody wants to have, but the bottom line is this. This past 7-9 and nine season, uh, felt differently in a better way than the prior seven and nine season, and it was this time a year ago that we were really starting to learn more and more about perhaps how dysfunctional and broken the culture was inside the Saints locker room. You and I both watched that change over the last twelve months. So let me ask you this: Does does this off season to you, as we begin, uh, feel in any way different than the off season of last year, or do they both have an uncertainty? And maybe I'm digging too deep here. Uh, no, I, I know exactly what you're, what, you're, what you're talking about and what you're referring to. Yeah, yeah look, it was absolutely different. I agree with the players uh, and coaches. And at first when you hear that, oh, you know, it feels different, well, you immediately go, well, you're still 7 or 9. How does it feel different? Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it did. It really did because of the character issues. I don't think you're looking at, at an offseason similar uh, to that this year and the, because they feel like they've they've done a good job of, you know, ridding themselves of guys like Kenny Stills, who might have been uh, a bit of an issue in that locker room, and a couple others, um, Junior Gallette and and such. And they like, they really like these young players that they drafted, in particular in this last class. And um, I just think that you know that. I'm, so I was watching the other day. I was rewatching the Super Bowl the other day, and I was like, well, how how far are the Saints from either one of those two teams, the Panthers or the Broncos? Mm-hmm. And I, I think they're off by 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 quite a bit. However, when you break down the conversation of well, how far off are they of uh, being in the playoffs again? And I don't think they're that far off from that. I mean, honestly, uh, I could see that you know a piece here or two, you know, better fortune, um, and they're back in this thing next year. I think that that that's very possible uh, when they when you consider the continued growth of guys like Stephon Anthony, Haoli Kikaha. Damian, I mean, uh, um, Delvin Bro, um, and some of these younger players. They got Willie Sneed. Uh, there's a concern now along the offensive line, obviously, with the departure of Jari Evans. But um, you know, they fill a couple of pieces here. I think they're back in the mix to compete for a wild card spot next year. 
All right. Hey, we're running out of time, but one last quick question here. You and I live this just about every day, so it's kind of sick in a way. Um, and, and I wouldn't expect even the best football fans in our in our area to con- to be consumed as much as uh, perhaps uh, we have to be sometimes. But in a very crowded and vi- busy offseason, you've got combine coming up uh, later this month, the start of the NFL year in early March, like you talked about. Uh, you know, we've already had the Senior Bowl, the draft will be coming, free agency, all that. And and then we haven't even talked about you know OTAs and mini camps and everything else. Look. Christian, if you were to give me, hey, just kind of a roadmap for a football fan that actually has a life, um, what would you what would you tell them they need to particularly pay attention to? What's important here in say the next eight to ten weeks or so? I think they're going to have to draft well, so I would turn my attention to the draft, the pre-draft workouts. Um, you know, who's coming into the facility, um, and of course, the, the team isn't going to confirm those, but you know. Guys like me and others that, that cover the team uh, might happen to get some decent information from time to time as to who they're looking at. Um, but, again, they're going to surprise you. But I would pay attention to these young players, these, these these rookies that are coming into the league. I think that's where they're going to continue to focus their effort. And in free agency, it might be a player or two here or there. They're not going to be big spenders. So, once again, hey, learn as much as you can about some of these juniors, these underclassmen coming out. And also, uh, and also the seniors coming out in the draft uh, at the end of April. Outstanding. Hey, keep up the good work on double coverage with T-Bob Bear, And uh, I think it's like 209 days until the start of the regular season. So, you know, enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I will. Thanks, Sean. All right, there he goes. Christian Garrick with us here on the Black and Blue Report, of course. Uh, double coverage is weeknights on WWL AM and FM radio. His co-host is T-Bob Bear. And then he works with Jim Henderson and our good friend Hokey Guy John on the Saints Radio Network. The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. And don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center, Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Uh, tonight here from Oklahoma City, we have plenty of coverage of the uh, Pelicans-Thunder game. It all starts at 6 Central tonight. Uh, you know, as you know, on Thursdays, we have the Alvin Gentry radio show that airs on 99.5 WRNO-FM in the New Orleans metropolitan area. And uh, we'll have that, again, starting at 6 Central tonight. That'll lead up to Pelicans warm-up at 6.30, and then tip-off is after 7 tonight, just shortly after 7 uh, from Chesapeake Energy Arena. And then uh, tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report, we'll have a react uh, from the day's events uh, here on this Thursday and from what happens uh, with these uh, two teams tonight. And uh, also, um, we may share some of Alvin Gentry's uh, radio program tonight with you tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report in case you miss it. 
Um, obviously, we'll be talking to Coach today about not only the uniqueness of the situation, the uh, the uh, tragedy that's occurred, uh, but also we'll have a, a thought or two about the All-Star Weekend, which is next up on the calendar here for the Pelicans. Uh, tomorrow we'll also celebrate uh, Dick Stanfill, uh, by the way. Uh, we're pleased to have tomorrow the son of Dick Stanfill, Richard Stanfill, to talk about his father, who will be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, this summer at Canton. He's going in as a player for what he did back in the 1950s. Uh, but you know, like Ken Stabler, there's a, a New Orleans connection with Dick Stanfill in this summer's uh, Hall of Fame class in that on two different occasions, uh, Dick Stanfill served as an assistant football coach for the New Orleans Saints and even for a short time was an interim head coach uh, in 1980. So I think that we're going to have a great visit with him, and I hope you'll join us for that on the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Again, this podcast is is ready for you on weekdays, usually afternoon central. Uh, it's a podcast, so we like to call it No Appointment Radio, and uh, and those conversations uh, on Black and Blue Report are found easily uh, on both of the two teams' uh, mobile apps at uh, for the Saints and the Pelicans, their websites respectively, NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com, and uh, it's still going uh, strong on iTunes as well and is still, uh, pleased to report, free of charge. Um, tonight, oh, for those of you in the New Orleans area, if you'd like to uh, share uh, the ball game with your fans, your fellow fans tonight, there is a watch party at Manning's. Uh, Manning's, of course, is right there down by Harris on Fulton Street. If you wear your Pelicans gear tonight, it's 10% off of your total bill. They're going to have all kinds of drinks and food specials and uh, and, and fun, too. Uh, I know that they always bring a ton of giveaways and, and make it a fun experience. So a Manning's watch party tonight uh, for Pelicans Thunder. And, uh, again, keep the Williams family in your prayers today and in the coming days, please. And, um, and we'll, uh, we'll go about the business of the day uh, as, as it unfolds for us here uh, through the coming hours and, and, and tonight uh, from Chesapeake Energy Arena. So big thanks again today, Brian Davis uh, from the Oklahoma City Thunder and to Christian Garrick, too, from WWL Radio. Uh, for Daniel Salerson, I'm Sean Kelly. We'll say uh, goodbye just for now here from Oklahoma City as the Pelicans and the Thunder get set to play tonight, and then we'll be back with you tomorrow from Studio B in New Orleans. Stay blessed and uh, keep hanging on to each other during a, a time that should remind us how important those around us uh, truly are in the moments that we live in. I'm Sean Kelly. Good afternoon from Oklahoma City.